Hey gang, it's Mark from your new wristbands crew. This newest episode features the Chicago band OK Cool. So one of the best parts of creating the No Wristbands website, doing the podcast, has been our more focused eye on what's happening musically in Chicago. There's a tendency to make you aware of bands earlier in their lifespan than you may potentially be otherwise. OK Cool is one of those bands. They've been putting out catchy, jingle-jangly indie punk songs since about 2020 and quickly caught our attention. I'm a sucker for well-constructed, jangly music, and OK Cool delivers that while not being tied down by it. Five Finger Exploding Heart Technique is easily one of my top 10 songs of the past year or two. We wrote about them in mid-January for our dig in, and they reposted it, so I thought I'd shoot my shot and see if they ever had any interest in coming on. To my surprise, they got back to us right away and said they'd be down. It was great to sit down with an up-and-coming band that we really believe in and understand how their creative process works and hear about the exciting things coming up in their future, like their next EP, Fawn, which is coming out April 28th. Please make sure you check them out they play around town on a semi-consistent basis. I'm looking forward to hearing Fawn and seeing what they have coming up with their live show next. Hello, hello. Welcome back to No Wristbands. We drink for free. I'm your host, Mark, as always, joined by Papa. Uh-huh. Uh, we are here today with the Chicago uh, band okay cool uh bridget and Haley are nice enough to join us today i don't know if we should be call you guys a punk band an indie band how do you describe your band let's start there uh we also go by papa so you can start <laughs> nice. there this is gonna get real confusing <laughs> then <laughs> and i was gonna say just don't call us late for dinner there we go oh, good one but we're off to um, a great start here rock, alt, you know pretty- yeah indie indie rock uh-huh. okay all right. Uh, wh- whatever it is, I, I dig it. Some mm-hmm. Good, good Thank tunes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you so, so you both grew up in the suburbs of Chicago uh, and met at a young age through uh, some after like outside of school music programs. Is that correct? So kind of. We both grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and um, I was in a all girl cover band that was doing shows around Chicagoland area. Nice. And we ended up meeting a drummer. Um, and at that point I reached out to Bridget cause I saw her on Facebook actually. Um, and I think at the time, or maybe I reached out to you for guitar or something, but at the time, like you mm-hmm. were doing guitar. So you said, hit me back when you need a drummer. And then we needed a drummer. And, <laughs> then and a year later, drummer. that was a year later at the time. Wow. You must yeah. have and left we, a really... How old were we? How old were we during all of that? I mean, we were young, but we weren't that young. Eighteen, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like first couple of years of college. Um, yeah, because the the band was kind of splitting up as people were going to college, so we were looking for new people to fill in those spots. Um, so I have a couple of follow up questions to that. Number one, what was the name of this this cover band? Uh, they're called Serendipity, but. Seriously. I mean, we're not really linked to them anymore. So, <laughs> all right, we're over them. We're moving on. That's right. Uh, yeah. So, Bridget, you had to feel pretty good that she reached out to you. Then, like a year later, it was like, "Hey, still want to yeah. do this?" Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It felt it felt nice to. I mean, one time it was like, "Oh, you know, anything could really happen here." But twice I was like, "Oh, maybe I should." I don't know. Yeah, just go for it. Like mm-hmm. I, I had wanted to obviously drum in something live, but I was kind of hesitant on like doing a cover thing specifically because it's just, you know, I wanted to do original band stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I also needed more experience playing drums 
live and playing drums in general um just because like that was just like a self-taught thing like that's just mm-hmm. something i kind of vibe with and did for fun so i was like okay you know i'll try this out um and like while that didn't end up being something long term like the relationship with Haley did and like we just yeah. still figured out even through playing the cover songs that like we meshed really well mm-hmm. musically and like otherwise and it was still worth like exploring after that it just kind of led that was just like the starting place that led to us being in other projects together and just kind of staying as a team. Yeah. Was there an initial moment where you're like, oh, for this, this goes out to both of you. So like Kaylee, was there an initial moment where you're like, oh, Bridget gets it. Like there's something here. <laughs> yeah. And conversely, we're, we're Bridget, same here. thing with Haley. I don't yeah. know if it was a moment, but I, I know just like we were into the same music, um, you know. Yeah. Of- that's always a green flag. We both really, really, really liked 21 Pilots at the time. Yeah. 21 Pilots, yeah. all right. We started mm-hmm. doing shows together and stuff too. So I think uh-huh. that. Yeah, I, definitely. You know, listen to your music. I would never get 21 Pilots vibes, but I, I think <laughs> that that's where it started. Time. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I have a 21 Pilots tattoo on my arm. Like, uh-oh. it's definitely like part of the Genesis story. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Uh-oh. Um, whatever, you guys. <laughs> I mean, you're just always taking a chance, right? Like, for That's an right. active band, I'm just always, like, I am so tattoo adverse. Like, I would get something I thought was really funny and then regret years later. So, I uh-huh. just, like, <laughs> so much anxiety in me about that. Uh, that being said, we have a rule that if we ever get t- uh, Jeff Tweedy on the pod, we're going to get no wristbands tattoos. So, there we go. part of me is like, I hope we never get them on. <laughs> I saw a tattoo once that it said all tattoos are temporary. And- <laughs> I, I vibe with that. I think that's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I just got, like, some lyrics, and I was thinking about that at the time because, like, even when I was in college, some bands that I had liked in high school had, you know, just kind of, I don't know, grown a little bit less great in my eyes. But yeah. I, I knew that still I would always really – it's more about the meaning of the specific words than anything. And I knew that that message would still like resonate with me despite how much I listened to the band. And that, that is still true. I don't, you know, regret it. So, yeah, I guess I just think of all those people who may have gotten like Kanye tattoos at some point. Right. That is a more extreme situation. Yeah, that is true. That (laughs) is true. I don't see that happening for them. Uh, Fingers crossed. You never know. You, well, you really totally normal know. transition here. Uh, how long did it take you two to feel comfortable playing with one another? <laughs> Do you feel comfortable playing music with one another? Yeah, no, definitely. Okay. I was just kind of, <laughs> well, I was, I mean, I was so nervous about being a good enough drummer just for that whole cover band in general, because I just was trying it out like seriously mm-hmm. for one of the first times. So I don't, I think it was, I mean, whenever we were playing, it was playing with the whole band and not really just mm-hmm. like ourselves. Um, I remember though, we played like Sugar We're Going Down or something because we were just like jamming out and it was like, do you know any other songs that we could just like mess around on? You know, yeah. We had her learn like three songs or something um, and we just kind of jammed out on that one and I was like, oh, okay, this is fun. This is, you know. Yeah, I definitely was watching to see if anyone, I don't know, was like struggling with my performance or like just trying to avoid just being like, she's not good, whatever. Just like really kind of being aware of just like, am I a good fit here? Like for the level. And I I always want to be honest with myself and with other people. Like, I don't want to not trying to like hold anyone back from their potential or anything. So 
That was- I think it just kind of became a gradual measuring of like, am I where you want me to be? And are you where I'm at right now? I mean, and we were, we were both way worse then too. Cause that's just like years and years less of it. We were yeah. way worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but so- still we're on the same level. So we're talking. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That. But I think it was that's good, how it works, right? It's good to grow as a rhythm section too, primarily, and I think that that yeah. Well, so, it did. It, it didn't progress directly from the cover band to okay, cool, did it? There was like some phase in between. Yeah. So then uh, Bridget got into a band called the Weekend Run Club, mm-hmm. and they needed a bassist, and she hit me up to be the bassist for Weekend Run Club, and I was like, yeah, sure, and. Yeah, so then we did that for a couple of years and that was really mm-hmm. fun and they're still going um we're still good friends with those guys and mm-hmm. now did that help you uh, pro- progress on your instruments um were you already writing songs then or how did that come about yeah that felt like a good opportunity to kind of work on original music in mm-hmm. a new light you know kind of the the cover band helped with like performance and doing a lot of gigs and and getting really tight and practicing songs that other people wrote and then to Mm -hmm. take that and translate it into writing parts for songs that people wrote and kind of yeah writing writing mainly instrumental parts for songs that people wrote that was really Mm -hmm. beneficial yeah i think yeah with like um there's a lot of benefits i don't know to playing cover songs for Mm -hmm. it like it's allowed me to kind of feel out like what sorts of things i like to do in it's still a cover song, but I think especially with drums, you kind of have a lot of wiggle room, especially because we would do a lot of pop music that really just mm-hmm. allowed for me to kind of do whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really let me explore what I could be capable of, like, embellishing as far as a beat goes and, mm-hmm. like, what kinds of fills I, I liked to do and work on and stuff like that. So I think when it came time for us to write original music, we were probably more prepared than we mm-hmm. anticipated because of it. Totally. Uh, are there any drummers that you're or like this is this is like the drummer that i aspire to be or this person's been very influential on me that's a better way of putting it yeah it's actually josh dunn from Toronto pilots <laughs> <laughs> Again. um not because like and he is technically very good but not because like he is known for doing like you know hot for teacher kind of parts or, or anything you know very complicated like that but i think with with that kind of drumming and like the guitar that I write too, it's not shreddy. It's not very like seventies, eighties guitar solo type of stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. I just like stuff that's memorable more than anything in a way that you can kind of recount how it goes exactly. Or you can hum it. Like I grew yeah. up listening to green day. And so all those solos are like very melodic and follow the melody so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with drums like that, that like, he does this very specific kind of drumming where he really incorporates that feel of, of hip hop where it's very tight and it's very on the nose. And like, he like does a lot of like really tight uh, moves with coordinating the kick drum and the hi-hat and does this thing where it's called bounce drumming, where he has this airlift kind of drum thrown. And so he mm-hmm. like moves a lot mm-hmm. when he drums. Oh wow! And they'll do this thing where they'll, they're, they put like a platform on the audience and then he'll drum on top of people and like, I was holding his platform one time, like just stuff like that, where it's just like, it's just more engaged than anything. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's really yeah. what I took from that is like, be really, really engaged with the music and with the audience as much as possible. Um, and so we kind of did a lot of silly things with that band. Like, you know, I was kind of inspired by that. And so we we had like kind of a drum battle in the Week Around Club that we used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, it just it fit the music a lot. It was very 
dancey, very fun, upbeat kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Just like kind of really yeah. want to make you feel good and, and jump up and down kind of stuff. So um, it was fun to like get inventive like that um, based on the stuff that I had seen before. Yeah, I don't know. Everything, everything like that we've done, it all helps. Like I, I definitely yeah. don't regret doing any of it. No, for sure not. Uh, so during uh, that band, are you guys writing stuff like on your own and who's bringing who did Haley did you bring something to Bridget first Bridget did she bring something Haley bring something to you first like or other way around Bridget did you bring something to Haley first uh, yeah I was uh, in that band we weren't like the primary songwriters we were kind of writing more of our parts uh instrumentation wise for the most mm-hmm. part um and you know that and anytime you're working with five people it's going to be harder to mesh ideas yeah than two people and we've right. always known that we're pretty synced up musically and and just being best friends and just hanging out all the time so like we kind of just started workshopping ideas on our own. And then there, there wasn't really a goal in mind. It was just like, you know, we're hanging out, we're drinking beers and, you know, go grab the guitar and let's hang out. So I think that's yeah. where it started. Um, and that so then, was sorry, go ahead. right before the pandemic really kicked off. So that was probably like February. And then so at, March rolls around. At what point do you go from like, hey, we're just mess fucking around to like, hey, we should put this out? I think the pandemic kind of like spawned that to to turn into more of a thing what do you say yeah it's like yeah like there was just sorry i live right by the train if you hear any problem. um <laughs> this is a chicago podcast exactly. that's to be expected it's, it's in theme yeah, yeah um thank you yeah there was just so much time that it's like well we might as well like you're one of the like the three people that i'm still seeing right now in like my COVID bubble and like we're all bored of our, bored out of our minds so we might as well be creative and, mm-hmm. and use this time in a productive way yeah so that's I, what, yeah also, that's what ended up happening we started just liking some of the songs and you know it was like man maybe we should like there's there's no stakes we don't have to do anything with it but like let's just record it and see what we want to do with it uh how and how has that reaction been like has it exceeded what you expected it to be is it like right in line you're like people are getting what we're going for are people missing the point or are you surprised by people's reaction to your music i don't think i'm still surprised by it (laughs) yeah same (laughs) i don't know that we know what the point is i think we're just kind of vibing (laughs) Mm -hmm, it's gotten a more serious tone now but it definitely started like like totally just fucking around so to see where it's yeah. at mm-hmm. well i think sometimes the best music starts that way right yeah i yeah. i told bridget i was just looking like there's a spotify for artists page and you can just see how many people are like listening to your song and it's just crazy that even like like 40 streams a day on a handful of our songs like that's mm-hmm. that's crazy like i don't know 40 people you know? <laughs> and i'm always like just feeling i'm always just like feeling myself being like Oh well, they just have something on and look back. Like I'm so instantly like, oh, that's not real though. Like it's just, it's not like an actual person like jamming sure. to the song. Like that's something. That's some like automated Spotify playlist that like they just yeah. have on in the background and like they're not listening to it. It's just like I always, you know, try to negate myself like that because it's like, what do you mean someone in Australia gives a fuck about this? Yeah, like you know what I mean? Yeah. Or it's easy to like think yeah. like, oh, that's kind of a low number, but like it's not. Like you don't know those people. Like that's crazy that that many people you don't know would be doing that. It, it, well, it, I can't yeah. confirm. And, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny because I was playing it today, and my, and my wife was kind of walking through, and she's like, "Oh, I love I love listening to music like that when I'm working." So it's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I do it all the time. Within. <clears throat> With intent, I'll be like, let me go put this on. 
then I can like go sift through some work, but like I yeah. want it because it's it's propulsive and it's like moving forward. It's not mm-hmm. like yeah. Then it's it's over and you're on to the next song pretty quickly, which is you know I love like yeah. tight, well constructed indie pop songs, and mm-hmm. I think you guys are are nailing the point there. Thank you. Well, we do move on quickly, which is yeah. I think that's kind of from the same it's from the same place as well. I mean, intentionally or not, but like. I'm glad that they end up short because I, I don't want mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to make anyone listen to something that they don't like. You know, <laughs> okay. I think it's like just the the consequences of like always setting really high standards for myself and just always trying yeah. to to outdo the previous version of myself and like sure. uh, yeah, I think part of it like the reason it's so surprising is is I'm meanwhile all I can hear is like all the little things and all the little vocal inflections and that i like wish were better or whatever you know it's like the one of the most important things is to really be able to like step back from that and just look at the numbers and be like this is just a fact i have to accept this some people actually like it and that is cool (laughs) that can be cool Yeah. Just chill for a sec. Well, <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting. You know, obviously at this point, you you still have a pretty limited catalog. You know, you put out some singles, an EP, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But you, you, you know, a listener can can kind of go from your beginning three years ago to where you're at now, just kind of in an afternoon of listening. And so you can easily, and, and they're short songs as we've t- talked about. Yeah. Um, and so you can easily, I think, see the progression from where you were like th- two or three years ago to the songs that you're putting out, you know, in the last year. So, you know, what, what uh, is that just getting better on your instruments, becoming better songwriters, better singers, getting better feedback, you know, what, what's, what's been the reasoning behind that? Uh, I mean, I think when we started, like we had, we wrote maybe like, what would you say? 15 songs or something. Like we had a big pool for the first. They were all really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Like throwing everything out there. We were doing Uh like some of them are kind of fun i don't know but like yeah we ended up with those three and i don't think we really knew what we wanted to sound like mm-hmm. definitely not yeah at all so it was just like here's a little sampling of some that we wrote who knows where it'll go mm-hmm. and so then yeah. after that we did surrealist and i think that that was like the big defining sound choice like we kind of acknowledged mm-hmm. where we wanted to go with it a little bit more um yeah, that was also by the time we made Surrealist, I like I had found more like inspiration and like influence from the, the things that I was listening to because I had started to like veer more into like the shoegazy experimental part of indie mm-hmm. um, that I hadn't really gotten into before with like things with really cool and like bizarre effects and just like really more of like, a, I don't know, do you, do you guys know the, the band Spirit of the Beehive? Yeah, it's a great band from Philly, right? Yeah, that was yeah. that was something I definitely discovered like before, like writing some of those songs and just like it kind of just like changed my perspective on like what you're allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like you can really just kind of, I don't know, especially with the way that they mix vocals, it really like changed my mind about it because obviously I was a drummer, I was not a vocalist, I did not plan on doing that. And so it was the kind of thing where it's like, oh, I could make this part of the mix. I don't have to be front and center and I don't have to like, I don't know, be so well-trained. I could make this kind of more an experimental 
thing where it's not necessarily, you know, in a, in a pop sort of thinking way, I think we made the first three songs. And then I think when I got more into other types of music, it helped me realize what I, what would feel better for me to make and what to listen to going back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you know, it, you, you mentioned again, how you started as a drummer. You didn't have the intention of, of being a, a singer. Uh, it, it, and, and Haley, you were playing bass in this other band, which are, rhythm section so at what point were you like but i guess the two of us are gonna do this thing i'm gonna be a singer now and like (laughs) how scary was that was that not scary just like fucking nobody's gonna hear this stuff anyway (laughs) i'm still scared like (laughs) (laughs) i i guess i saying i started on drums isn't totally true i mean i just figure myself that way most because it's most natural but like i started guitar when i was in like fifth grade and i did like kind of rock like rock school stuff for a while um and then in high school i like discovered drums and you know just got really focused on it and then just wanted Mm -hmm. to be like no i want to be a drummer and Mm -hmm. whatever um but no i've always i mean i've just never been like naturally good at singing it's just not it's just something i've really really had to work on and and train and just like sing in my car every day and just try to figure out what sounds good and what doesn't um and yeah I, i feel like Obviously, I'm still not where I want to be, but it has grown a lot since the first stuff we put out. Um, just trying to try to find like your own style and things that that feel good enough to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is definitely still really, really scary. Yeah, we just kind of got to a point where it was like, well, like one of us is going to have to sing if we're going to make. It <laughs> yeah, the, well, these instrumental are, songs are really good. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it's it's really vulnerable to be kind of more in the front of that, and Bridget mm-hmm. definitely took more of that on, so she's doing a great job. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> do you two ever feel like the other has a good bullshit detector? Like, if Bridget, if you were going to sing something for Haley, would she call you and be like, "No, that that's not working"? Or how does your creative process work with that? Well, usually, like, like you know, the song "Time and a Half." Like, I'll just kind of ask, like, if the idea is coming from her, I'll just ask her what she prefers. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of always of the the idea that, like, if it's your song, I think you should you kind of have the biggest vision for that or what you want it to sound like. So I'll follow your lead for that. And I think vice versa. Um, so for time and a half, like Haley wrote that song. I think we talked about it. I was like, do you want to sing it or you want me to? And she was like, go for it. I was like, okay. For one on the upcoming EP, uh, it's again, like a song that Haley wrote and she sings it. And I think it fits so well. Like I can't imagine me singing it. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like a very, very you. We just kind of evaluate it when it happens, I guess. And more often than not, I think that like I'm always like in favor of Bridget trying to sing it and seeing how it sounds usually, but like (laughs) just two nice people don't want to step on one another's toes. Yeah, we don't really like I don't ever really say like this idea is bad. That's like, yeah, that's a really, you know, scary thing to bring a song. Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. Like, imagine that that's embarrassing. Like, it's (laughs) it's scary to say, like, I wrote this idea. So yeah, yeah to yeah. bring it to somebody and then for them to say like, no, that's horrible or something like we don't do that. <laughs> well, I would I w- imagine you'd have more tact than that. If anything, <laughs> we just, like we pay attention to the ones we like and we kind of let the yeah. ones we don't fall by the wayside. So yeah. Right. I would, mm-hmm. I, I would imagine that over time as you're working on a song, sometimes it just starts to click and you're like, this is a great song. And other times it just doesn't quite work out. Yeah. I mean, usually in like, usually like if i start a song i have to finish it in the same session so yeah there's really no like 
oh, I've been working on this song. Like either it's mm-hmm. done or it's not, it's not made. <laughs> okay. I think it's like kind of just a completionist attitude where it's just like, I'm in the zone now. And if mm-hmm. I leave the zone and come back to it, it won't be the same. Well, I think so. the only exception to that is like, if you have an idea that I like and you don't want to finish it and I'm like, you got to like, look at that one again. Mm-hmm. And egg each other on about songs. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. Otherwise. But yeah, the majority of time it just ends up like obviously it's like not like you know finally done it's a very rough demo but usually usually i think was your song in the upcoming one that was just like one time through right it just was yeah. done yeah. yeah so i mean little tweaks like you know let's make the bridge do it two times instead of one time or whatever mm-hmm. but i guess as far as structure goes it's just pretty much it doesn't change usually yeah yeah that's awesome that's so cool uh it's 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 a way to do it i don't know <laughs> everyone yeah. has different perspectives yeah. you know you have somebody it's, it's so hard like, to like, get back to the same place where you were mentally when you were working on it yeah totally I kind of like it kind of just comes at me or it doesn't you know mm-hmm. that's also like i don't know how much you've been writing lately Haley, but like i almost never write like no, again like these these eight songs like these eight little little pieces are like two years of that's all that's pretty much all i wrote like you know what i mean so like every I don't know. an idea will just hit and it's either gonna be a good one or it's not at all do you feel like you have to have a deadline but did you decide you were going to put out uh the new ep and before you had all the songs written or are you like okay we'll make sure we have everything then we can say like april's when fawn's coming out we don't really put deadlines on ourselves like that like I mean, we'll kind of, we know that like we're in an album cycle. So obviously we know like we don't have to put anything out for a little while after this. Mm-hmm. We're working on that. But like, I don't know, it kind of ebbs and flows in that same natural way. We're like, we wrote the songs. Now we're taking a step back to do all this. And then we're going to want new songs. And it's going to, I don't know, kind of happens naturally. Yeah. But I don't think we we would never say like we have to have a song out by next spring and then like force ourselves to get into something that that just mm-hmm. would feel too unnatural. Uh, do you have a song where you feel like everything clicked and from you're like okay we know what we're trying to do now like whether it be on Surrealist or maybe it's something before Surrealist or something post Surrealist where you're like we nailed that one like this is not that your music's formulaic, but like this formula work, mm-hmm. this is a good structure. Like let's try and replicate that moving forward in terms of how we approach writing a song. I don't, yeah, I, I, I would agree. Like I kind of against the traditional formula of like, you know, verse chorus, verse chorus, or just like kind yeah. of repeating anything at all, especially with choruses. I don't know. I feel like I want it to be more of, a linear kind of approach to songs where it's like we're just along for the ride we're just kind of on the story so i feel like I, I like leaning away from the pop mentality of repeating something unless i feel it really has to be restated and i guess mm-hmm. that's just because like i'm a huge lyrics person so for me i think like every time i say something it's it's just like someone was really saying it to you and i feel like you know i don't need to tell you the same thing again like you, i already told you you know i don't you yeah i don't want to like you <laughs> sure. know overstate anything mm-hmm. um i don't know I, I mean i think like the one i got really really excited about in the moment was five fingers splitting hard technique because mm-hmm. again that was just like it was like a late night session where i just mm-hmm. like 
I had started noodling and then came up with the riff. And once I had the riff, I was like, I'm going to put this whole song together right now. And usually with drums, I just like kind of hold off on that until I'm like behind a kit. For that one, it was just like, the idea was just all in my head already. So I actually like programmed all the drums in, in so I wouldn't forget it when I went to mm -hmm. play it down. So that was definitely the, the biggest Eureka moment I've had so far um, with that one. It's a great song. Yeah. Thank you. I think so. Now I'm just scared I'll never, we'll never, you know, yeah. pop it, but <laughs> I think Surrealist as a whole, though, just felt a lot more polished in like what we wanted yeah. to do. Mm -hmm. Feeling yeah. more confident and knowing what we wanted. Uh, I, I also very much love the five finger exploding heart technique music video. I swear parts of it, <laughs> I used to you. live where I think the music video was filmed. Like parts of it were in Ravenswood, then, then yeah, yeah. but I'm just like, I feel like I recognize that wall that I'm like, that's a weird thing to say, but yeah. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, it's a historic wall. <laughs> just, I'm like, I spent too much time walking down that street. Uh, <laughs> so, so. So you're so you're putting out this stuff on your own record label, which is Take a Hike Records. Um, is that by design? That's that you know that was always the plan, or how did that come about? I don't know. Like Take a Hike is just me and Bridget. So it's funny actually. We'll get emails from people that are like, "Oh, we know Haley and Bridget." <laughs> and they, like, <laughs> we do too. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think of them? Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it's just made sense. Like we kind of set it up to to sell our merch online and make it easier mm -hmm. to do taxes and legal loopholes for that and help other people with that whole idea, which I don't know how we're doing that because we don't know what we're doing still. But mm -hmm. but I mean, for the most part, it made sense that like that we would put it out under that name. I don't you know, it's just it's all just us, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Right. So. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Well, but yeah, I think like put out on it. Yeah. What was that? So how do you decide what to put out on the on the label? That's the thing. It's just like uh, we don't know exactly what to call it because just it's just like you know we aren't able to. We don't like the idea of you know actually taking someone's like masters and uploading them on our end. Like we keep all their. I always say just like you upload everything on your end. You keep all your rights. Everything like we're just kind of here to help you with whatever you need help with. Mm -hmm. And like originally, of course, that was us thinking like selling merch online and selling merch in person. Um, but we have uh, friends in a band called Nora Marks, who's also in Chicago. Big recommendation. Mm -hmm. um, and so we work with them a lot with, um, I don't know, kind of my style of like press campaign, um, which obviously isn't kind of comparable to like actual PR companies. But what I've just kind of done over the years is just collected lists of independent blogs and playlists and, and anyone you know podcast anyone who is interested in interviewing and actually like responding to local bands and highlighting mm -hmm. them and so for them i've just kind of been their their makeshift pr person and, and helping them kind of write a press release for their stuff and, and get it out there and help kind of spread the word so i don't know that it's actually a label but it is i maybe it's just more of a collective not really sure but we're just we have a lot of contacts at this point in our lives and we just kind of want to help other people fill in the missing gaps with what anything that they need. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, who we pick really just depends on, like, if we have the time when somebody reaches out to us. Because, like, right now we're working on our own stuff mm -hmm. for a good chunk of it. So it's like, if somebody reached out right now, we probably would say, sorry, we just, we can't. Because <laughs> we're just, we're working mm -hmm. from the same list pretty much. So it's like, you can only mm -hmm. hit that same list so many times. 
in a row. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah, or just have the yeah. hours in a day. Yeah. So would you say it's a situation where if somebody was to approach you, let's say like a bigger label is to approach you and be like, hey, we want to put your stuff out. Is it something you're like, yeah, we consider it or you are you staunchly independent? You you mean if like Matador comes with like horse yeah. girl money oh. or something? Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> that would be crazy. I mean, on a smaller scale, we kind of looked at it for this release, but we mm-hmm. ultimately decided not to because some of the stuff that people were offering was just stuff that we felt like we kind of had a good grasp on already. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and people want a percentage, obviously, for the the work that they're putting in, and that we just felt like we could maybe handle that on our own, mm-hmm. kind of work money in a different way. Yeah, having said that, I would talk to anybody. I'll talk to anybody. Yeah, I mean, I want to find out. Yeah, just give me more mm-hmm, info. You know, what right? I mean? um, situations. Yeah, totally. Matador yeah. would be insane. I would say that is that would be a ninety nine percent chance of being a yes. <laughs> Won't hold my breath. There we go. <laughs> well, um, I don't think we have those contacts, but we'll see what we can do. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, we we know Bob from from Pavement. We'll see if he can put a good word in. Uh, <laughs> so. He has a label too. He does. He does? Yes. Yeah. What's it called? Bro- Broker's Tip Records. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, um, do you feel like you have like a good community here in Chicago? Like you're you're doing all this work for for friends, so I imagine you have a good community built up here. How long did how did you find that community? How long did it take you to find mm-hmm. that community? It really started after like. I don't know, COVID slowed down a little bit. Obviously, it's still here. But I think just like when stuff opened up again, and we were able to do like anything, even if it was really cautiously, like the passion was there. Like, I don't know, like all these bands were just so hungry to get back out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like we have a friend that made a, a movie about this whole local scene. And and that's a really exciting. His name is Dan Stewart. It's called Local yeah, Band. Yeah, I read about it's that. Coming out I read about spring. that. Yeah, yeah. it's just like, that was kind of spurred just from all this energy of, I don't know, we were all excited to to get out there and meet each other in a way that I hadn't really experienced prior to the pandemic. Um, Cause we were all like, I don't know, like lonely and like wanting to connect. And I think mm-hmm. this was a great like way to listen to some really good music and see some like talented people and like live music mm-hmm. in general, we hadn't been able to see for, you know, two years. So I think it was just a really nice timing kind of thing. And we've mm-hmm. just met like, the most talented bands like there's no shortage of talent like in this town i guarantee it um it's it's insane like there's just so much going on here right now it's it's crazy i mean we also have so many venues which is right. great as well yes like there's no shortage of what to do on a friday or saturday night definitely <laughs> mm-hmm. man uh we're gonna ask you some chicago questions in a little bit but you're like totally touching on the things we want to talk about. right so yes thank yeah thank you for that definitely. uh Haley. Do you think that there, you know, Bridget saying there's so many great Chicago bands. Do you think that's just like luck of the draw? Do you think there's something about Chicago and the music scene itself that fosters all that creativity in those great bands? I mean, yeah, like third third biggest city in the U.S. is going to have something to offer, I think. But for sure, I think Midwest is a little bit scrappy, and I think that there's mm-hmm. just a lot of people and looking for things to do. So I think, yeah. Just, there's a good scene that gets fostered here. It's a, a lot of venues, a lot of places to go, like Bridget said. So, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, fuck it. I'm going to ask it now. Uh, <laughs> what is your favorite venue? This is a question we would be asking you in like 15 minutes, but we're just going to do it now. Mm-hmm. What are your favorite venues to play? And what are your favorite venues to see shows at in the city? 
Well, we I played always... Lincoln Hall in January, yeah. so that was probably my favorite to play of all time. That yeah. was unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, to I go see a show. The there. <laughs> I don't know how that is, but like I'm always on like the first. Step it's a great. Like, it's that. a great spot. You can I see. I was also on the stairs when I was yeah. watching as well. Um, <laughs> that was pretty fun. That was that's a good sized place. Uh, I also really like seeing shows at Sleeping Village. It's just a very nice, mm-hmm. very nice venue. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. I like seeing shows at Bee Kitchen. That's. I mean, I also work there, but it's there. like, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just really cozy. I don't know. It's a very nice atmosphere. Yeah, I was gonna say Bee Kitchen is always nice, and the, the sounds yeah. good, and the people are nice. So you're playing there on Friday, right? We are. Yeah. Love Beat Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, seen some some great great shows there over the years. Um, yeah. Thank you, thank you for answering that question ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, so going back to Five Finger Exploding Heart technique, uh, it's it's a meditation on being queer and interacting with people who claim to be allies. I think the term was coined performative allyship. So mm-hmm. the question is, what does genuine allyship look like to you? I think there's a difference between you know, like a straight person spearheading something with their face on it and their name on it versus giving a queer person a platform Mm -hmm. to speak themselves and things like that. Um, Yeah, does that kind of answer your question a little bit? Yeah, for sure, for sure. you, You kind of, it was more about like brand promotional oh yeah and all Mm -hmm. that the gross feelings of of that and like pride month every year is like Mm -hmm. yeah seeing every single corporation pretend to give a shit about gay people for a month and then it goes away and it's just like it's just you hate seeing you hate seeing such like a a part of people's identity be used for Mm -hmm. for selling things it's just really gross yeah it never sits well with me either uh do you 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 feel, feel do you feel like you have to battle to like not be labeled in the music scene with with what you're doing or um is does it not matter you know how you think other people out there are viewing you i would say the only thing that really pops up for like labeling stuff is like you'll see like the term female fronted thrown around a lot and that's never really sat well for me at all Mm -hmm. because like as a drummer it's just kind of negating everyone else who isn't the singer and i don't feel like that's true like that's true representation because you're mm-hmm. just kind of automatically excluding like yeah most of a band if you don't mm-hmm. care that there's a, a, a woman in any other position um there's like you're already trying to battle that stigma of the woman can only be the singer like you know you don't stuff like that right. and like people are shook if you see like a female drummer or whatever so it's like I don't know. I think I don't think that helps us lean away from those kinds of stereotypes and stigmas. Mm-hmm. But I, I do feel like that was a lot bigger part of the the cover band scene, and I think like the local Chicago scene for the most part is like really really welcoming and and just very yeah. open. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think like it's just guys... more of like just more of in terms of like when people are like looking for a certain kind of band, they're like, mm-hmm. does anyone recommend some female fronted bands? And it's mm-hmm. like, ooh, mm-hmm. like there's right. a whole song about yeah. that, right? the opener by camp cope i love that song so much great fucking song great song yeah uh i just always when i hear that stuff it just always makes my mind go there and be like oh yeah um i think you guys may have gotten these questions ahead of time you just keep answering questions when i'm about to ask them so thank you for that (laughs) i'd say like the chicago scene seems supportive uh love hearing that um 
So let's dive into, unless you have another question you want to ask about well, non-Chicago-related um, things. Yeah, yeah, I I, I have a, another one. Um, you know, obviously you kind of, when you started out, you were just getting your feet wet on, on writing songs. Um, you hadn't really been vocalist singers in bands so you know you're, you're just kind of finding your way with that um you're kind of writing songs about like normalcy um having social anxiety like how how easy is it for you to get up there in front of a bunch of people and perform and sing and and you know play these songs that you've written i mean are, are you are you are you nervous about doing that yeah <laughs> super yep mm -hmm. you've gotten yeah. a lot better with it though like early on and understandably so it was like very very intimidating every time yeah i think it's just like i'm definitely still on the spectrum of like scared <laughs> but i think like mm -hmm. it's gotten slightly better just from it's just like repeated exposure to doing the same thing mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and it and is it but it's still kind of I mean, I'm, I'm always, always asking Haley, like, can I be on the side of the stage this time? Because I just like, <laughs> I'm just like, please, like someone else be the center of attention here. Like, you know, it's harder to, to kind of blend in the same way that I do in the mixes when mm -hmm. I'm like, just on stage in the center. Um, yeah, because then I'll watch I, back. I video. Like I'll, I'll think it felt good. And then I'll watch back a video and be like, that sounds bad. <laughs> You know, and so the whole cycle will start over again. I feel like as soon as we start, it always like feels good when we're actually up there. So mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I got to assume that getting some positive positive feedback helps too, right? Like people are like, that was a great show. That was a great song. Yeah, people are really nice. But I people think people are very nice. People probably wouldn't be mean in your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the thing I was You just myself. get on Twitter, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was just found for myself. If I have to like do some big public speaking thing, I'll wear, I make sure I wear glasses that day. Then I take them off so I can't see anybody anyway. And then I'm just going to talk. That's a good idea. That's a great uh -huh. idea. Yeah. That's, yeah. Out, Bridget. That's a good idea. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. It's just a giant oh. illusion. You know, let, the, let me, who hasn't played in a band and goes out say, on stage perform, give you some great advice. I like right? it. I would say public speaking would be even worse. You're not doing that with a group and like, it, that's just you saying stuff like that's oh. really scary oh no mm -hmm. i'll come back that anxiety is coming back <laughs> i mean <laughs> no it's fine <laughs> oh <laughs> uh i i lied i, I want to talk about one thing before we dive into chicago music so let's talk about fawn uh is there an overall For theme sure. with it or is it uh how did these eight songs come together come to be come to be decided to be packaged together I would guess more just like the timing of when they were written than anything. Um, I mean, a, a couple of them are kind of just about the same stuff and just like the different thoughts around them. Um, I think like we wanted to capture, I don't know, I was thinking of ideas and like falling kind of struck out to me because like, I mean, a couple of reasons. It, it was kind of one of the things I was thinking about a lot as I was writing these songs is just like, tendencies sometimes in like relationships to try and just like make someone comfortable and and kind of take care of them so you're trying to like limit you know how you know them getting like angry at you and in, in situations like that like psychologically speaking that is like one of the responses is like freeze fight flight freeze or fawn is like what mm -hmm. our brain goes mm -hmm. to so i was just thinking about that kind of psychological process um 
and also like there are these woods here that are like 20 minutes out from the city they're like they're not very big but they're kind of the best you can do within the city limits um and i'll kind of go there a lot just to kind of i don't know think about stuff or brood and I'll, oftentimes i'll see like a big deer and it's always mm -hmm. just like the most like heart-stopping moment it's like <laughs> i know it's just a deer but like i mean i live in the city i don't like see a bunch of animals yeah. all the time mm -hmm. so there's just something about seeing that like deer with the like the big antlers and everything that just always makes me just like reset a little bit um so i was thinking about that and i guess like the other kind of main theme around that is like the fact that this all is so, so new and that we don't we know what we're doing a little bit more but this is very much still us trying to figure out how to write and how to perform and so i think it's kind of very akin to just like a baby deer kind mm -hmm. of on its, mm -hmm. its legs being pretty shaky but just trying sure. its best so well, yeah. awesome yeah well um i i i'll speak for both of us when i say we can't wait to hear it yeah <laughs> thank you the new single is fabulous yeah thank you so much mm -hmm. yeah. one of those things where you know you read it and you're like normal c and i like my mind just separated them the two of them together <laughs> and then and then i was like listen i'm like no they mean like normal c yeah <laughs> like come on mark you're better than this if there's one uh, thing i like to do it's i like a callback so i thought about hurts to be and i was like let's keep going with the letter thing there you go <laughs> well it totally went over my head for a second I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but here we are. <laughs> uh, so Chicago questions, feel free to add as much or as little context to these mm -hmm. as you want. And you guys did great with yeah. the uh, venue question. Yeah. So we're going to start here. Plus, we're going to have two answers here. Yeah. Very excited. Yes. Uh, thick versus thin crust pizza. What, uh, what do we prefer? Do we I like thin pizza? all the way? Thin, okay. I like thick. Haley, what'd you say? I think thick. I don't. I don't really like tavern style. Kind of grosses me out. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's it's talk gross. more about that. What yeah. what about it grosses you out? Okay, so I grew up not liking pizza. It's like oh, okay. as a picky eater, I didn't like pizza. It grossed me out. But I think it. Mm -hmm. I think it's like rosemary or something that I don't like. I think there's just like some tavern style pizzas that their sauce is just gross. <laughs> so hmm. All right. uh, I don't know the so science then, behind it. What's your your thick or go to pizza spot then? Honestly, I love Demos. I don't like okay. like traditional pizza. I like like the shitty like Ali Domino's. <laughs> Demos, like yeah. Uh huh. Oh, yeah, I, I would just say that that to me that's just the the category of thin as opposed to like. Are we talking like deep dish when we say thick? Yeah. Wait, deep yeah, dish? Yeah, no. no. She's back out. She's no yeah. going medium. <laughs> going medium. That's different than thick crust. Okay, I I We're talking apologize. about thick bread. <laughs> I'm all for this thick was, bread. Yeah, this was not gotcha on. journalism. I, I, I promise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we both we both love demos for sure. Yeah, I like okay. experimental pizzas too, with like a lote on it or or some shit like that. Uh -huh. Like, yeah, the Lobo. I just had that recently, and that's really good. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. I'm here for it. So we've we've knocked. We can check off favorite venue. We can check off. Well, we kind of touched on this. Uh, what do you think makes Chicago uh, unique? Just music scene in general. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that there's anything here that isn't in like Minneapolis. I just think there's mm -hmm. a lot of it, and that alone, I think, allows for a lot, a lot of variety, which is the coolest part. Yeah. I think there's a lot of venues. I think we have a great 
summer scene. I think we have a great winter scene. Mm-hmm. You can go to a bar, you can go to a street fest. I think there's yeah. a lot of flavors. The way the city's separated, there's a lot of towns that have a lot of different things that they bring to the table, and I think that's reflected in the music too. Yeah, yeah I'll take it. It, uh, it, it. it seems like you've been playing quite a few gigs recently. Um, is, is it fairly easy to play out as often as you'd like, or... Do you sometimes struggle finding the, the, the right place to play or? Yeah. I mean, we try to not play more than like every two weeks. If that, usually I like to keep it a little bit further. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think like at the start it was a little bit harder and now just kind of as things kind of pile up and pile up and especially with our release show planned for May, like Mm -hmm. we just naturally have started just kind of looking farther and farther ahead. Um, Summer is a great opportunity. Like I've just kind of been trying to pitch for festivals and things like that. And uh, we do have one thing lined up, which is cool that we can't announce yet, but Mm -hmm. um, just working on like touring stuff in the summer, trying to get that together. So just kind of planning farther and farther ahead. You you know you're a real band when when you have stuff that you can't announce yet, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I hope it's Pitchfork. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll they be. Didn't um, say no, they didn't say no. We'll, we'll be custodians <laughs> at Pitchfork. Catch you there. <laughs> well, we'll see whenever they decide they're going to put out who's playing. Uh, yeah. Who is, and this probably changes all the time. So we'll just go with who are some of your favorite Chicago bands, excluding Okay Cool, of course. <laughs> I would have to say, um, pretty pleased. Hi, Josh, back in character. I've been listening to Gosh Diggity a lot since you showed them to me. We love Gosh Diggity. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, you guys name. listen to their music. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, and they're playing on Friday, too. Yes, they are. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have a million people I could shout out right now. Like Pink Squeeze, of course, is awesome. Tommy Kessler's mm-hmm. band is amazing. Um, Cut Your Losses is like one of my all-time favorite Chicago bands. Damager is just getting better and better. Like they are insane live. Um, Sweet Bike is amazing. Uh, Routine Foss is a project that I really love. There's so many good ones, you guys. Like it's nice. it's insane. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, so then the question will shift. This isn't Chicago focused, but what have you two been listening to lately? What's standing out in your mind over the, the past? Was well, it say February, right? So, so far this year, I'm also pulling up my Spotify. That's what everybody um, does. I have been listening to um, Joe. It's DJO. Oh yes, you love. Put out an Joe. album last year. I really like that album. I thought that was cool. Um, I've been listening to the Beth's new record a lot. It's very, very good. The best, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always listen to Joyce Manor. I've just been on a Joyce Manor kick for years and years and years. They're like one of my biggest influences. I um, just found a well, band for... called Granddaddy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. They've been around forever, but I just yep. really diving into that and really dig some like uh, kind of post rocky stuff right it's there. It's really fun. I really like it. Yeah. Uh, was Joyce Manor, is that where you get your inspiration for your short songs? Not necessarily. I, I don't really mean to make them any sort of length. It's just when I'm out of the idea or I feel like everything's been said, I think I just it just naturally kind of ends itself. Yeah. Well, if if, if you'd simply uh, re- uh, redo that, um, repeat the chorus, like you'd have like a four minute song, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, but like I said, I mean, I know that's really not always yes. the goal, right? You yes. know. So. Yes. Well, also, yes. it's a, it's a marketing technique, so you'll listen to it twice, and then you mm-hmm. get to that. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. There's layers. Yes. There's layers. <laughs> <laughs> they really are good at PR. Uh, <laughs> what is so? We are huge fans of of cheap drinks. Like, if left to my own devices, I would be drinking a PBR more times than not. Love PBR love high life uh if you guys drink and if you don't that's totally fine too what is uh your favorite go-to, go-to. drink depends on the bar i'm at what they have available to me okay because I, I love uh i love a cozy little drink i love a hot toddy ah. i love a mojito so much mojito. <laughs> i really okay. love it in a drink i think it's so good <laughs> Uh, I always think of this is totally just in my head, so I'm gonna say it. Miami Vice, the movie, like there's a line in it where the character says, "I'm a fiend for mojitos." So anytime you hear somebody say they want a mojito, I just immediately <laughs> think like, "I'm a fiend for mojitos." Yeah. I am a fiend for mojitos. In the summer, I can, oh. wait so I can make my own mojitos. Wow. <laughs> I feel like I get most of the way there. I buy everything. Like I'll do this once a year. I'm like, we gotta have some mojitos. I'm a fiend for mojitos right now. And then I end up not having a muddler, so it's diminishing returns. I like yeah. convince myself it can be done without. I it. don't have a muddler either. I just mash the leaves. It's gross. It's for sure. <laughs> anything for a mojito. well i guess when you're a fiend uh this this has been really awesome thank you so so much for coming on uh is there anything you would like to shout out what is the thing you you both are most excited about it could be fun in in two months is there anything you're really excited about in 2023 when it comes to okay cool (laughs) our summer question that would be really really fun fun is april 28th right Yes. Okay. And then the release show is a week afterwards, uh, May fourth, at Shuba's, Shuba's with Shuba's. Scarlett Demore, background character. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that will be happening, and yeah. then of course more fun, more fun stuff happening over the summer to be announced at a later date. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited. We got more videos coming out. We're really excited about. We got- oh yeah, we got two more vis- music videos on the way. Wow. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Give me a good year for okay, cool. Nice. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait. Uh, yes. Again, thank you both so much for mm-hmm. coming on. Uh, can't wait to hear the new music. Yep. Uh, can't wait to check you out. Just come to one of the shows. Yeah. I can't make it on Friday, but uh, in the very not too distant future, I will be there. Amazing. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much yes. for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, this yeah. is fun. It's the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Take care. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All All right. See you guys. Have a good night, yeah. everybody. Yep. Yeah, Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. We are no wristbands. We drink for free. Music, of course, has been provided by Merlin Wall. Please check them out on Spotify or on Bandcamp. Please also subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at no wristbands and check out our website at no wristbands.com.